This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. It has to say. each other? Huh? Yeah? No, no, you can do it. Okay. Let's turn off my phone. Okay, so, of course, today was supposed to be a, um, supposed to be a Pesach shear, but I think that we should talk a little bit about um, a very big, um, terrible tragedy that happened this past Shabbos, which everyone knows about, and um, at first I didn't want to talk about it, but then I decided that I think, you know, people are sort of in, like, very traumatic. And I think that it's something that needs to be spoken about. So, I have a minute to learn Zayar every month of Shabbos, um, since I'm 40 years old. And it's a say for Tukhuni Zayar, which is which has an explanation. So I don't learn it during the week, I just learn it with the Shabbos because I feel that Shabbos you have a Neshama Yisera, and that Neshama doesn't deal with all the garbage that other Neshama deals with the whole week. So it's like a very holy Neshama. So it says that until you do Malava Malka with the Shabbos, the Neshama Yisera stays. Once you do Malava Malka, after Malava Malka, and you bench, that's when it goes back to Shemayim. So usually when I sit in Malava Malka, that's when I learn Zayar. After, after I bench, that's it. So, when I heard about this terrible tragedy, Mazi Shabbos was, so I was very tzibrochen, as everyone was, everybody was very broken, and I didn't, you know, you don't know why, anyone, you can't say why, we don't know why, um, so I sort of, I said to Hashem, I did do talk to him every once in a while, especially Mazi Shabbos, I said, I, I need your help, because um, a lot of people listen to what I have to say, and there are a lot of people right now walking around with all kinds of questions, and I need to be able to, you know, talk and tell people a little bit of an understanding of what happened. But without Hashem's lead, I would don't I don't know what to say. So I pulled an old trick. I said I'm going to open the Zaya, and Hashem, if you really love me, I'll be your best friend. If it opens up and it gives me a message, it's not. It's my fault because I'm just not on that level. Whatever it is. So, I sat there and I just opened the Zaya. And I'd like to read you what I opened up this past month of Shabbos. It's in Pasha's Vayikra, which is the Pasha. It could have been, this, this is one holds Vayikra Tzav Shemini Tazriya Mitzvah. So, it opened up to any Pasha. It opened up to, it's not even in the beginning. It opened up to Pasha Vayikra, which was this past Shabbos. So, I figured if it says something, you know, sometimes you try to work in what it says. You have to 
squeeze it and work it into, you know, like when you open your Tehillim and you're looking for something and you're like, oh, it says that, so that, no. So I, I wasn't doing that. I was like, it has to be like in my face that you're like, you, that you're sending me a message. So I want to tell you what I, what it opened up to. So it opened up to, Vayikridaf Yud Zayin Amid Beis. This is what it says. Tochazeh. It's Aramaic. What does Tochazeh mean? It means come, come here, and I want to show you something. So the minute I saw those two words, I was like, okay. You know, it's very unusual. It doesn't talk like that in the Zion. So it's sort of like Hashem saying, you have a question? Tochazeh, come here. And this is what, he, this is what it says. Bore, come and see. When the tzaddikim who protect the generation are alive in the world, and also the children, oh, the, the young children who learn in yeshiva, are found in the world. So tamidich chacham are found in the world, and young children are found in the world. And they're learning Torah. Through this, between the tzaddikim and the children from Tinoike Shabbos Rabbam, they break the bad edicts that are new in every generation. And through the children and through the tzaddikim, Hashem is able to live with us together. In this galus, the im ain daibus chosim shalat tzaddikim v'atenagish beis rabbim, and if there's not enough chosim merits of the tzaddikim and the children, kabiyachal shchino yisrael edim yichal miskayim ba'olam, we wouldn't be able to we wouldn't be able to exist in this world. So we're existing in this world. It's only through the merit of our tzaddikim and our little children. So as I said, v'im nimtzoyim tzaddikim elush ain daibus chosim l'chav alav anador, but if there are tzaddikim, but there's just not enough tzchus in our door to be mechaper, to forgive for the sin of our nation. They're grabbed first. What does that mean, they're grabbed first? They die. They die in order to forgive the sins of the generation. And if there's not enough tzaddikim, the lambs, the little kids, who are the children of little children who are in yeshiva the world is they're grabbed Hashem takes them away from this world even though they don't have any sins they're not being taken because of their sins in order to bring a kapara of forgiveness on the sins of the generation. Uh, you don't have to interpret at all. It's talking about kids, it's talking about tzaddikim. We lost our four, four tzaddikim in shul that were, that were slaughtered. We didn't learn. It wasn't enough. Everybody was like, wow, oh, it's in Israel, it's not here, whatever. You know, Arabs, they, they hate us. And this is, the, this is, this is the problem. This is the power of the Satan. The reaction I remember in Eretz Yisrael after this happened was, 
There should be security in every shul. That was the reaction. People were like, that's why you have to have security. Arabs and other people said, you now not have Arabs working for you. They should fire them from all the groceries. Do you, do you think Hashem had to kill like Fort Sadiqim and have them chopped up into little pieces to teach us that we need to have security? Could have been that an Arab got into a shul, shot around, one guy got injured. We have the same lesson. Oh my gosh, we have to have security. For sure, that's not why it happened. I'm not saying you don't have to have security. It's for sure not what happens. Everybody focused on the, on the, on the tuffle. Oh, you shouldn't hire Arabs. Oh, you should have security. No, that's not what happened. We lost four tzaddikim. If you know the story of the four, if you read the stories about them, and, the, and the, this Mrs. Frankel goes around speaking, right? If you, if you, if you, if you read the stories, these weren't plain people. These were tzaddikim. Right? So, uh, everyone want that. We need security. You should hire Arabs to get rid of them, send them back to the West Bank. That's not what happened. So, so the Zara says, if that don't work, then Hashem has to take the children. Never seven children, seven korbanos. So I'm in shul the next day on Sunday, and the whole talk is about smoke alarms. And smoke alarms. And smoke alarms. And hot plates that don't have UL. Um, that you should have UL and I'm like no if when Hashem wanted to teach us that we should have smoke alarms which we should have then he could have taken one child not seven he didn't have to take anybody he could have had one child that had smoke inhalation and was in a coma everybody would have reacted oh my god if they would have had smoke alarms the kids would have gotten out one kid could have gotten burned third degree burns Seven children didn't have to die. So anyone who's walking around thinking that seven children died because to tell us to have smoke alarms is a fool. You don't need seven kids to die to tell you. If one kid would have died, Shalom, we would have all learned our lesson. If one kid would have gotten birth, we would have learned our lesson. So that's surely not the lesson. This is not why they died. It's very nice to fire departments on every corner. Right? And you should have smoke alarms. It's, it's, it's negligent not to. But that's not why they died. That's stupidity. That they die because they used a hot plate that wasn't UL. So the hot plate could have blown up at 7 o'clock in the morning when they were all awake. It could have blown up at 11 o'clock when they were eating choice. So it's the hot plate that's the lesson. That it would have blown up at 7 o'clock and there would have been a fire and they would have gotten out of the live. We would all know, do not buy hot plates that are not protected the way they're supposed to. Seven kids didn't have to die to teach us about a hot plate. And seven kids didn't, didn't have to die to teach us about a smoke alarm. So what the Yitzhahara does is he makes you focus on the tuffle, on the detail, when he just took, the Mahamavas took seven carbonos, and we're walking around and we're saying, oh my gosh, smoke alarm, hot plate. And he's laughing. He's like, you fools. That's not what this is all about. We could have done a much less radical situation, and we all would have learned the same lesson. Yes, you all have to have smoke alarms, and yes, you have to have carbon dioxide alarms, and yes, it's negligent not to have it. But that's not what happened here. You didn't have to kill seven kids to teach us to have a smoke alarm. That's for sure. That's for sure. One kid burnt would have been enough. That would have been a lesson. That's not what happened. So the Zoyar is saying, no, 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 no. You guys in this generation, you were in very big trouble. I don't know. I'm not big enough to know that in Shemayim, maybe terrorists were going to go into yeshiva and kill 300 kids. And that was the Xavier and Hashem said seven instead of three hundred, or seven instead of seven hundred, or seven instead of seven thousand. I am not big enough to know why 
they were carbonish. And what did they save? I don't know what they saved. I don't know. I'm sure it was very, very big. For Hashem to sign a gzera, such a terrible gzera, God has to sign it. It can't happen unless God signs it. For God to sign that seven kids should die in one family the way they died, and we didn't have a defense lawyer in Shemayim that could break it, means we were really in big trouble. So, so the question is, what are you supposed to do about it? So some, 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 had a whole system in my class this week because you're not like, who's big enough to tell who's big, who knows what God, you know what God wants, you know, you know. So I said, listen, I don't know nothing, but I've been, I've been, I teach Tyra and I learned Tyra and I learned a long time ago that the Chofetz Chaim said that if you have a, if you have a, if you have an eye ache, it means you looked at something wrong. Do tshuva, shmir sinayim. If you, have, if you have pimples in your mouth, then you might have spoken lashon hara. Then do tshuva about your lashon hara. If your ears, you have terrible ear aches, or you have something in your ears, then maybe you were listening to something you shouldn't have. And if you look at the aver that gets a sarah, so to say, and and you 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 try to figure out what did I do with that that caused you know it's midah connected midah. So when when seven children die in a fire on Shabbos and the representation of Shabbos in the Torah the representation of Chilul Shabbos in the Torah is what Pasuk? There should be no fire in any of your Kehillahs in any of where you live there should be no fire you're not allowed to light a fire that's Chilul Shabbos in the Torah comes from that Pasuk right? Except that in our Moshe Seichem, there was an Eish. The Torah said there shouldn't be an Eish. But there was an Eish. So you don't have to be a brilliant person to see the, where Hashem is pointing His finger. And He's pointing His finger in Shabbos. Because they died on Shabbos and they died Friday night from a hot plate that's used to make sure that you're not Machal Shabbos, that you warm up your food to keep Shabbos. So what everything is pointing at is that what is this Aveira of the door that the Zayar is talking about it has something to do with Shabbos and what we, we need to take out of this tragedy is to change the way we look at Shabbos and how that we don't use the 18 minutes and that we maybe make Shabbos 5 minutes early and that we don't waste our whole Shabbos and that we appreciate Shabbos so I was sitting with the Shabbos, I learned this there, and I know in my heart of heart that the, 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 why they had to die, I don't know, but they were tzaddikim and they were kabanas, and it says set tamim, you know, the, the, the carbon is always pure without any mumim, and anyone who knows these kids, I happen to have, you know, a teacher that knows these, these kids were like malachim, they're not stam kids, they're like those angelic kids, they were like really, really malachim. So Hashem, why he took them, them, not this, that, I don't know. I can't answer that. But it's no Shiloh. No Shiloh that they were taken on Shabbos from something that exploded that used to keep Shabbos. Right? A television didn't explode. Radio didn't explode. A computer didn't short circuit. A light didn't short circuit. A hot plate that's used to keep Shabbos was the thing that caused the fire that killed these seven children. So you don't have to be a big rub and a big makobal and a big tzaddik and a big this to look at this picture and say, Hashem's finger is pointing at Shabbos. And, and we, and my, my, myself, Mati Shabbos, I was thinking to myself, I'm to blame. 
They're in my neighborhood. So if they're in your neighborhood, it says, the whole chabura that it happens to has to look at themselves. That's what it says. If one person dies in your chabura, one of your friends dies, it says the whole chabura has to do shuva because when they do the din b'cheshben, when a person's going to die, when Hashem does the din b'cheshben, so he looks at how's this going to affect the family, how's this going to affect the friends. So many times, the person's saved because of the friends. In other words, the whole chabur is going to go down and they're going to be broken. Hashem says, you don't deserve to live, but because of them, I'll let you live. So for some reason, our community, and I'm part of that community, I'm only a few blocks away, was not roy to save these kids. So I'm part of this. So I got to look at myself and say, you're part of this. You know, they looked at you and they said, well, how's this going to affect Wallstein? And they said, doesn't, it's not enough. So I felt very much, I know a lot of kids that don't keep Shabbos. Um, I've had Shabbatones where I had girls come to Shabbaton that I knew were struggling, weren't keeping Shabbos. And they came to me and they said, listen, I'm not coming to your Shabbaton unless I can smoke. So I'm like, listen, if you have to smoke, just make sure you don't do it in the hotel or around the hotel. Go down the block. Right? Because I'm hoping they're going to be, we're going to do Kirov, we're going to do, we're going to bring them close and, and, and you know, maybe this will be the Shabbos that will change them. Chafetz Chaim, there's a story with the Chafetz Chaim where a boy was Machal Shabbos, he smoked a cigarette and they threw him out of Yeshiva. They brought the boy to the Chafetz Chaim. It's a very famous story. And the Chafetz Chaim didn't know what the boy did. And he sat in front of, sat in front of him and he asked him, what did you do? And he said, I smoked a cigarette on Shabbos. He said, which hand did you smoke with? He said, my right hand. So the Chavot Chaim said, give me your right hand. And the boy gave the Chavot Chaim his right hand. And all he said, he didn't criticize him, he didn't threaten him. All he said was, Shabbos, Shabbos. And he just broke down the Chavot Chaim and started crying. And the tears, it's a famous story, just dripping on this kid's hand. And the Chavetz Chaim was crying that there's a Jewish hand that smoked a cigarette on Shabbos. He, he didn't criticize him. He said, Nothing. He just kept saying, Shabbos, Shabbos. And he just broke down and started crying. It's a very famous story. The tears were all over this kid's hand. And he became like this biggest sadic after he walked out. And there was never that hand was never going to smoke a cigarette again. No more, sir, no nothing. And I'm like, I, I don't cry when I see kids being Mechal Shabbos. I don't cry when parents bring me and they say, you know, we caught our daughter texting. I'm like, okay, we got to talk to her. How come I'm not sitting there crying? Shabbos! You're being Mechal Shabbos! The greatest present. The, the Medrash says that, that when Hashem got married to us, it's like, imagine one of you guys, right? You get married, you're in love with this girl, you're crazy about her, and you, and you go into your, into your, into your safe, and you look for the biggest diamond, the most gorgeous piece of jewelry that you have, and you take that out, and you're so proud, and you give it to her. The Medrash says that Hashem went into his Geniza, into his safe, and he said, what could I give Klaisrael, the Maikala? And he came out with Chavos. That's his greatest present that he has, God has, is Shabbos, and he gave it to us, and the Malachim went nuts. Went nuts, they're not going to keep it, whatever. And Shem says, that's for them. So he, this was, this is his, and, 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 and we have kids that we know that are taking that present and throwing it in his face. In your face, man, I'm smoking in your face. Oh, so come to my house, we're for Kiddush, we'll give you a drink, eh, we'll send you to Israel, we'll fly you, we'll this, that, ah, just start crying. You see kids smoking on Shabbos, you have to start crying. 
my God, Hashem, I'm so sorry. This poor boy doesn't understand you. He doesn't understand the mitzvahs. I'm so sorry that one of us is, is being mechal, the beautiful present that you gave us. We are so desensitized. We see kids being mechal Shabbos and we're like, oh, look at that guy. Wow. His parents must be going through something. Hello? Hashem said, Shabbos? You're desensitized from my Shabbos? That's what happened on Shabbos. Now, I got, some girl went crazy and she said, oh, you think you're God? How can you say this? And Hashem yesterday said, said that, they said, they said over from, they sent an email around, whatever, that, um, some, some guy came to him and who had a fire on Shabbos. Nobody got hurt. The house sort of burnt down. And Rechaim said, it happens on Shabbos. You have to work on your Shabbos. He's a very firm guy. He says, you have to learn how to Shabbos every Shabbos. If it happens on Shabbos, it's about Shabbos. I'm like, Shoo. I have confirmation, thank God, from the Gadol Hadar. There's no question. So we, we, they don't need us. Those seven kids are sitting in such a place, Rav Chaim Vital talks about, there's a place for children who die young, Al-Kiddush Hashem, that it says there's such a high place in Shemayim, that not, not only Tzadikim can't go there, the Malachim, who are in Hashem's innermost chamber, they're not allowed there. No one's allowed there, except the Shekhinah. I read it once, I read it once a few years ago, from Rav Chaim Vital. There's a story with the mother and his child died in, in, in such a thing. Only the Shekhin is allowed in that room. Not Siddiqui, not Mashra Benu, not Matatrin, not, not Michal, Gabriel, no Malachim. These seven are in that room. Don't worry about them. Don't have to worry about them. Never the parents, no question. Don't worry about us. Because what's next? We lost four, four Tzadikim in a shul, seven kids on a Shabbos, like, hello? Like, wake up, and people, everyone's walking around. Yeah, you gotta get that smoke detector. That's not why he killed, that's not why seven children died. You gotta get that smoke detector, that's for sure. But they didn't have to die for that. So, we, we need to take our showers definitely up a, up a big notch. This is, I mean, I don't know why I deserved it. It's not in my school, it's in the school of, of my Talmudim, but, Tochazia, <laughs> it's like, come here, I gotta tell you something. Hello, that's how it opens up. You don't have to be a brain surgeon. So they were kabbanas. They were kabbanas for this door. It says, Kishbochu comes and he takes them. Even though they've never done an Avera. Go open Zayar. If you want to see it. We need to work on our Shabbos. So, just interesting, this generation. So, whatever. I got into this Vikuach. I'm not going to get into what happened exactly, but there was this girl that was extremely out of control. And, and, and so chutzpahdik to me with this whole subject. I guess it just triggered. I don't know exactly why. Whatever. But whatever it was. And, um, at a certain point, I just had to stop her. And she was like, yeah, you think you're this, you're that, that, whatever it was. So I was like, She's 19, I'm 57, so like, calm down, I'm your Rebbe. You know what I'm saying? Like, she's, and she's screaming at me, right? So I, I talk, I shouldn't have said it, right? But I'm, I'm still a boy's Rebbe. So I'm always had this, you know, you know my story with, my famous story with the eighth grade girls, I told them, if you say another word, I'll break both your legs, and they went crazy, you know, cause that's how I talked to my guys. So I said, I don't understand, you're yelling and screaming, you're a punk, you're 19 years old. I'm 57, I'm your Rebbe, like, like, what are you doing, right? So, she went nuts that I said the word punk. Now, by us, punk, what does a punk mean? You're a little kid, and I'm, I'm, what are you talking about? You know, I'm 14 times your age. I'm your grandfather. Like, hello? So, 
One person made a comment to me and said, if, if my son's Rebbe would call him a punk, I'd be in that yeshiva in five minutes, man, would I, would I, would I take care of him? That's what that person said. I said, can I ask you a question? If your, if your son has a Rebbe who loves him and he doesn't call kids names, whatever it is, and for some reason your kid came home and he called him punk, shouldn't your first question be like, what did you do to push him to that point? Shouldn't you be asking your kid, what did you do to get your Rebbe to call you a punk? Like, instead of, I'm going to go kill the Rebbe. If you got your Rebbe to be to that point, you must have been so out of hand, so out of control. But this generation doesn't work that way. This generation is, kill the Rebbe. What about the kid? Like, how did he get a Rebbe to lose his school? He must have been really a machut. No, back the detail. They lose it. The, you lose it. The, the icker, and you're busy with. Oh, but he called me punk. But, but, but you know, the smoke alarm wasn't there. That's his koyach. His koyach of the satan is to take you and switch the icker and the tuffle. The icker and the tuffle. Her dress was red. I don't know if you know the famous the whole story, but her dress was red. And they come out of the story, and the, it was a crazy story with a great lesson, a ganta muster. And they come out of the story and they say, "So what did you learn?" The dress was red. It's a very famous story. I was telling the whole story in Musa Shmuz and I got some mice or whatever it was and then, and, 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 and then he came out of the whole thing and figuring that they're going to learn something. He said, so what? So what, what did you learn? Her dress was red. The detail. Her dress was red. That's not what the story was all about. The detail. That's his koyach. To totally take you out of focus. The Shabbos was not about smoke, smoke detectors. Yes, you should learn from that but that's not what it's about. That's a detail. It's not the ikr. He didn't have to, seven kids didn't have to die to teach them about smoke detectors. We all know that. We would, we would have had the same fire department, the same everything. If one child would have died, one child would have been burnt. One kid would have been burnt a little bit. We had the same thing. If we would have had a smoke detector, all, you all got, would have gotten out of there. If they would have been hospitalized in a coma and then they all woke up, we'd all know that they didn't have to die. It's, it's silliness. It's stupidity. It's silliness. That's not what it's about. Yes, that is a detail that we do need to learn from. That's not the Iker. Iker is that they died on Shabbos from something that's supposed to be Shemer Shabbos. Something that's used to be Shemer Shabbos killed these children on Shabbos. So, as far as I can see, the main line running through this whole thing is the word Shabbos. So if you walk away from this past Shabbos and you don't take anything on about Shabbos, whatever it is, shopping for Shabbos, learning maybe in a half an hour on Shabbos, not using the 18 minutes and being in the shower the last second, you know, getting ready for Shabbos early. Whatever it is, going to the mikvah for Shabbos. Whatever you want to take. You need to know. I need to know. I have to be more sensitive to Chilos Shabbos. I know what I need to do. I can't just girls just tell me, uh, I, I want to smoke Shabbos and tell them, well, don't smoke in front of the hotel. No, I have to cry. I have to go in the room and say, Hashem, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry that you gave us your most beautiful thing and we are just ripping it and throwing it in your face. And I should be crying. I'm their Rebbe, and I'm not crying. So I know what I know. I know what I need to do. Every person needs to go into themselves and, and bring Shabbos back. And you have to start with yourself, not with everyone else. So that's a very, I feel, a very important lesson. And if I'm wrong, and if this whole thing had nothing to do with Shabbos, Rabbi Wallstein is out of his mind. So you keeping Shabbos five minutes early? Who does that hurt? So you're learning half an hour on Shabbos? Who does that hurt? So you're being more careful what you do on Shabbos? Who does that hurt? So you're crying to Hashem that people are being mechal Shabbos. Who does that hurt? So let me be wrong. What's the difference? I don't think I'm wrong, but even if I am, so we lose. I'm not telling you I went to fast for 40 days. 
Very sad. The father, he was a sitter. Can you give me a sitter from the back? The father spoke in Eretz Yisrael. I'll tell you what he said. So it was on Rosh Chodesh. By the way, you know that the Fogel was also that whole story in Israel? Was it Friday night, Rosh Chodesh Nisan? Same, what? Same Pasha by Yikra. Same night. What day? Rosh Chodesh Nisan? Really? I, 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 you know, I said, Yak, Aaron Akoin. Aaron Akoin. Pashash Ida Achwe Motha Shmini. Aaron Akoin. Give me a Chomash also. Give me a Chomash for a minute. So, on Rosh Chodesh. Take a look. This is the father got up in there to stroll by Leviah. He said the following. Listen to this. What? I think so. You have to bring an oil, right? To Hashem. So the, the biggest animal that you bring on Rosh Chodesh are two parim, two oxes, two cows, right? Um, he said, that's me and my wife. The two biggest, the two oldest. The aisle echad, he said, and the one aisle, that's my daughter that, that's alive. shiva, And seven shepsalach. That's my seven children. He said, the whole carbon of Rosh Me and my wife, the aisle echad is my daughter that made it out, and my seven children are the kvasibaneshana. And it's interesting because the lashon of the zayar is that Hashem takes shepsalach. He doesn't say little children. He calls them shepsalach. Little lambs. That's what he calls them. That's what the father said. It was mamish a mamish a carbon. Abraham Avinu brought Yitzchak on the Akedah, but he, but he came down alive. That was a test. This is beyond. He came down alive, Yitzchak. So, I was saying that Aaron Cohen, when his two sons died, so he didn't say anything. We all know that, right? By the way, Vayidom Aaron is a verb. In other words, it wasn't that he didn't react. It's Vayidom Aaron. He, he became silent. He made himself silent. You know, it didn't, it, he's human. It hurt him. Vayidom Aaron means he wanted to cry, but he held it back. It's a verb. Vayidom is a verb. Not the lack of crying, but he held himself back from crying. So if you look, There's also an H Zara of the fire. I think it may be in no, it's in Shmini. It's in Shmini. It's in Shmini. Okay, here. Okay. So what happened because he was quiet? The next Pasha, Pasachas, 
when it talks about that a client shouldn't drink wine, by Yedabri Hashem El Aaron Lamar. First time in the whole Torah that Hashem just spoke to Aaron. Usually, by Yedabri Moshe El Aaron Lamar. The only time Hashem ever spoke to Aaron just by himself was because he was quiet when his two sons died. That's why Hashem spoke directly to Aaron. And this man lost seven. That was two. And he lost seven. It's unbelievable. Now you're saying it's the same day? Let's see. The prophet says when it happened. It doesn't say the day. It doesn't say the day. Maybe it does. But he became a shmini. What day of the month? Yep. Rashi. Wow. Nadav Avihu died on Rosh Chodesh Nisan. Did you know that? Yeah, if you don't get the message, you're like, you're like in Lulu land. I don't know where you are. Okay, let's go to, let's go to, um, let's talk about Pesach. So, yesterday, I met a Rav, who came for tzedakah, whatever it is, and I like to talk, he's very sharp, I like to talk Torah with him. He says to me, he's going to ask me a question, I shouldn't feel bad if I don't know the answer. Okay, okay. So, he asked me the following question. In Chagadja, right, Chagadja never doesn't get that much attention. I said, you know, one year you should start with Halach and the next day you should start with Chagadja because the time you get Chagadja everyone's sleeping right it takes you takes me two hours to get from Kaddish or Chatz right through probably Manishtana for sure it takes me three and a half four hours to get to Dayenu from from benching to the end through all that stuff it takes ten minutes fifteen minutes all those songs because you're tired right so what does Chagadja say Chagadja, right? There's a banaba betray zuzay. Chagadja, chagadja. My father bought a gadja with two zuzay, so it's very kabbalistic. What does that mean? It is talking about Hashem, who bought us as his chagadja, his gadja, his kala, with two zuzay, is the two luchos. You know that. This whole, you know how it works, right? Then it goes through all the different, right? Also, shinra, the achal gadja. The cat came and he ate the gadja, right? Achal kalva, and a dog came and he ate the shinra, he ate the, he ate the cat. Then a stick came and it hit the dog. Then a fire came and it burnt the stick. Then the water came and put out the, put out the fire. Then the cow came and drank the water. Then the sheikh came and shakted the cow. That's why you have lamb chops. You have, not lamb chops, you have steak. Right? And then the machamavas came. I was always scared from that because it has these pictures of this skull and bones. I was always as a kid very scared of that. And he killed the, the sheikh. I never liked that. I used to not look at it. And then Hashem comes and Mashiach and he kills the, so. Can a, can a cat bite? Can a cat bite a, 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 a goat? Yes. Can a dog bite a cat? Yes. Can a stick hit a dog? No. A, st- a stick can't hit a dog. A stick has to be in someone's hand. A stick has no power. What does that mean? And the stick came and it hit the dog. How did the stick get there? Am I? Um. <laughs> Uh, I've been saying this for 52 years. Uh, 
He says a cat can do that. Fire can come, right? Fire spreads, can burn, can, can burn the stick, and you can have a flood, and water can come and put out right. Well, everything else can come on its own. What does this mean? Va'asa, right? That the stick came and and hit the dog. How did the stick hit the dog? Stick has no power on its own. No, you dig a kasha. I'm sitting there. I'm like, you got to tell me the answer, right? Did you, anyone ever think of that? It says a stick came and it hit the dog. Stick doesn't walk. What? No, but you're supposed to think. Everything else makes sense. Sticks don't walk around hitting dogs. It would say the person came, took a stick, and hit the dog. But that's not what it says. So he said, "It's a fascinating answer." I, I never heard the kasha. The kasha was unbelievable, mind-boggling. It's a fascinating answer. He said that just like this thing with the smoke detectors. So as you look at Chagadja, everything makes sense. And cat and the dog, the water, the fire. Right? He says, "There's one thing that doesn't make sense. Where did the stick come from?" So you have to say because we understand. We have to say that someone's holding that stick, but it doesn't say who's holding that stick. So it says Hashem is holding that stick. So in the middle of all this nature stuff that we understand, water puts out fire, and the the one who wrote Chagadim, it's very Kabbalistic, put in the middle, don't get lost in all this. Don't get lost in a cat that bit this, and the dog bit the cat, and the wood, and the... Don't get lost in the natural world. So in the middle, he sticks a stick that just shows up. How does the stick just show up? It doesn't just show up. The stick's in Hashem's hand. So he's putting in something that's not logical, that's not natural, that you can't say is teva, right? He puts it in the middle there for us to understand that sometimes when you see the stick, never the fire, or people die, or, or the, you see the stick, the stick can't hit on its own. You need to know that there's a hand hitting that stick. But that same hand, that's like Rosh Baruch at the end of the picture, wipes out the Malachim brings Mashiach and explains and, under, and gives us an explanation on everything else that's going on. So he specifically puts something in there. He could have said, and a man came with a stick and hit the dog. No man. No man. The stick came on its own. How did the stick come on its own? It's Hashem that brought the stick. And in your life, when you see a stick, don't think, it's nature, I made the wrong turn, bad things happen, I got bad luck. No. There's no one touching this stick. And the stick still hit the dog. So it has to be God. It has to be from God. Because it can't do it naturally on its own. It has to be above Teva. I was like, that is the most amazing Dvatar I ever heard. on Chagadja, because it's not made Dvatar on Chagadja. And the question is, is mind-boggling. It's an unbelievable question. That's one question. The other one, I think we'll end with this one. And then I'll read you a little Kavayosha. Um... So I've spoken about this many times. I spoke about it tonight. By the yard side of a very special girl who, in high school, 12th grade, just got cancer and died in a few months. And very, very special people, very special girl, Sarah. And um, I spoke there tonight. And of course, her parents are in a lot of pain. And she, I think it's the third yard site. And her, all her friends were there. Um, I said, I think this is like a very important, especially since what we just went through. It's a very important to our I've said it before, but it's 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 a fantastic question and. The answer is just very important, specifically this year, to say it to Seder, so, because people are very depressed. People are really depressed. People are not, not in a good place. And they shouldn't be in a good place. We, we need to do tshuva. <coughs> Especially after learning the Zayar. It's very clear. He says it's Mechlav Reina. He's of the Dar. Um, so, you know, I could say that 
you know, you should be more tznia, you should watch movies anymore, you should fast. But it happened on Shabbos, it's all about Shabbos. So, you know, I wrote a book on Kostatov, I can say, yeah, no one has a Kostatov, that's why they died. That's silly. I mean, that I'm not reading, reading what Hashem's showing me. For Kostatov, they didn't have to die on Shabbos. You understand? For smoke detectors, they could have died on Sunday. You understand? If it, it, you know, for all these other reasons, Shabbos is screaming. Like Rav Chaim said, your house burned down on Shabbos, look at your Shabbos. That's what he said. Anyway, so this is a very important Torah. So in the middle of your Seder plate is Mara. The center of your world on top is Mara. It's really hard to understand. Put something nice in the middle, like Habakkuk Pesach, or the egg, or Haroshes. Mara, right? And the, the Seder plate is the world, and we've spoken about Shem Shem Pinkus, on that, you know, the egg represents this, the heart is in the, the white is the bones, and the colorful things on the Seder plate is this, is the person's blood, and his sinews, and his organs, and, and then we build the person by the Seder, it's not the nature. So, we have Haroshes, and Shulchan Aruch says, that when you make Haroshes, it should be made sweet, with dates, Sfadim use dates, um, but you specifically have to use red wine. So the kasha is, why do you have to use red wine? Use white wine, right? Use orange juice. And the answer is, Yishukharo says, because when the Jews ran out of bricks and they couldn't finish the wall, the Egyptians took the babies and stuffed them in the wall and then cemented them in instead of the bricks. Can you imagine? We can't. It's worse than the Nazis. Took a baby that was alive, put him in a wall, and cemented him as a brick till he died. And we had to watch that. And we had to put him in the wall. So, that's why you have to use red wine. Now, that makes absolutely no sense. It has to be sweet. It's, it's worse than the marar. Marar is because we got beaten. And we were slaves. And we got whipped. Okay, we're not the first slaves in the world. There have been many slaves in the world. It's bitter. It's taka bitter. But babies, Jewish babies in the wall, that's much, much more bitter. So if anything, take the charosis and dip it in the marar. The marar is less bitter than the charosis. So why would the halacha be that the charosis has to be sweet? What is sweet about putting a baby, a dead baby in a wall? So if the charosis says the shulchan has to be red wine in memory of the baby's blood, it should be, you should put vinegar in it. You should put red vinegar in it. You shouldn't make it sweet with, with cinnamon and apples and dates. It should be more bitter than the Mara. It's much worse than the Mara. Mara is why your Mara is Chayam. Haroises and remember of the bricks, not just bricks, baby bricks. So how do we understand this? So why is Haroises sweet? And why would I put my Mara in the Haroises? How's that helping my Mara? My Mara is actually better than my Haroises. Haroises is a much, a much more traumatic, disastrous, uh, edict, Zera, to put babies in the wall than getting, getting whipped on your back. So why is Harosa sweet? So I'm sure she it says, and And I told the girls tonight, and I told my seminary girls, this is what you need to talk about by the Seder. He says, and he brings down a Medrash Rabbah, I believe in Pasha B'Shalach. And it says that the Jews were going through the Yamsuf, and the Arabs were right behind them, the Egyptians were right behind them. And Hashem told the Malachim and Shemaim, go down and bring all the waters and drown all the Egyptians. And the Malach of Mitzrayim, the Sarsha Mitzrayim, said, time out. You cannot drown my children. He's represented, you, 
They said, why not? He said, because it's in your Shulchan Aruch. And Hashem, you have to keep your Shulchan Aruch. Hashem, what's in my Shulchan Aruch? So the Allah is like this. For three things, you have to give up your life. If someone comes out to you and says, I'm going to shoot you in the head unless you bow down to an idol, you have to give up your life. If someone comes out to you and says, either you kill this guy or I'm going to kill you, you have to die. If someone says, commit adultery, I'm going to kill you, you have to die. Three, the three cardinal sins, Gilead, Roy, Shrik, Adamim, and Avoy, Desar. Now, the Shulchan Aruch says, what happens is when a guy comes out, he puts a gun to you and says, I want you to bow down to this Buddha. You just don't have the guts to die. The guy has a gun in your head. You bow down. You bow down. Are you Chayav Misa? And the, and the, and the, and the Shulchan Aruch passes, you're not, because you're an Aines. At the end of the day, you should have died, but if you didn't, you had a gun in your head. So, if someone says, to, if someone comes over to you and says, either you kill this person or I'm going to kill you, and you kill the person, Besnik can't do anything to you. Because really, you're an Aines. Got a gun to your head. Same thing with adultery. That's the halacha. Came the malachim mitzrayim, the malachim, and said, Hashem, that's your halacha. So one second. In Pasha Shmos, Paro said, throw the babies into the Nile. The din of Meir B'Malchus, if you don't listen to the king, you Misa. So, you're right. The Egyptians should have said, no, we'll die instead of them. But they didn't say that. But your halacha is, since they were in Oynes, they had no choice, because if they didn't throw the babies in, power would kill them. So they're potter. So if they're potter, how could you drown them? To Medjrava. So Hashem said, don't let them go. Don't drown them. And they would have caught up to us and decimated us. It says the Medrash of the Malach of Riel ran down, it's a famous Medrash, ran down to Mitzrayim, and he took a baby out of the wall, and he flew up to Shemayim, and he threw the baby at the Kisar covered on the floor. And Hashem said, what's this? And he said, they have a taino that Paro told them, and they had no choice, and they would have died otherwise. He said, but Paro never told them to put babies in the wall. That was their idea. And therefore, they don't have the excuse that they were in Aynes. Paro never told them to do that. That was their own evil idea. So they have no heter. Hashem said, wipe them out. So without the dead babies in the wall... We wouldn't, we wouldn't have been redeemed. We would have been massacred. So the dead baby in the wall, in the end, even though it was a terrible gezerah that they had to die, even though it brings down that Hashem told Moshe Beno not to take them out of the wall, he took one out of the wall to keep them alive, and that was Michal, the, the terrible Russia. Hashem said, leave them in the wall. Everything in the wall is supposed to be in the wall. It's also a medrash. Don't pull them out of the wall. Moshe Beno had Rahman, he pulled them out of the wall. That guy was the one who made the ego. That was a... That's the one he pulled out of the wall. But Moshe Rabbeinu, his job is the leader. His job is not to be a big tzaddik and try to figure out what the future is. Even by the, even by the, how, how, how big a tzaddik was, was Moshe Rabbeinu? By the, by the Mitzri that was beating up the Jew, right? It says that he looked, by Yah, Rashi says that he looked to see if the Mitzri, not a Jew, a guy, if anything good would come out of him, he wouldn't have killed him. So here's a baby crying on the wall. Moshe Rabbeinu didn't look at what's going to happen. He, told, he pulled him out. Hashem said, don't pull him out. He pulled him out. And that guy made the biggest trouble in the world. But anyway, so 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 what's the lesson? The Shulchan Aruch says, the Charoi says, even though it's memory of the dead babies that they put into the wall, but Lemaisa, that's what it looks like. But really what those dead babies in the wall were was the excuse for us to destroy Mitzrayim. Had those dead babies not been in the wall, 
they would have had the heter from the shochar and they wouldn't have been able to, 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 to destroy us. So, what better to dip into? The marar is what's bitter in your life. It's to dip into something that looked like it was so bad, but in the end, ended up saving us. Understanding that the rough things we go through is really for our good. So we take the marar, and we dip it in the charoses as a symbol that I understand that what's going on in my life right now is bitter, is like charoses. The charoses is that even though it looked so bad, in the end, it ended up being the best thing for us. And that makes the marar better. It's sort of like you go to a dentist, and he's killing you, and he's drilling, and it's a root canal, and it's killing you, right? But in the end, you know that at the end you're going to be okay because he's going to fix he's going to fix your tooth. So it makes that pain easier because you know that at the end you're going to, you know everyone. I had, used to have kidney stones. Hashem should protect me never to have any more kidney stones, right? So kidney stones are like there's like something you can't describe. So there's a big machlekes. What's worse, kidney stone or giving birth or labor? So women are like you guys. You don't know what it means to be in labor. If you had to be in labor, you'd have one child because you didn't know what labor was, and you'd never have another one. So they're always talking about their labor, right? So there's a big machlo. I had kidney stones. I'm like, eh, you think labor is something? I have kidney stones, right? If you think about a kidney stone, it has to pass. It's, it's, it's sick. It's not, it's not normal. It's such sick pain. It's not normal, right? So my, somebody, a relative of mine who was pregnant had kidney stones. So here was my chance to find out. Because she was going to pass kidney stones and she was going to have a baby. So she could tell me which one was worse. She And that's a girl. okay? And she said the kidney stones were a lot worse. Okay? So, but a lot of women are like, nah, you don't know, you don't understand, you don't understand. I said, I'll explain it to you very simple. At the end of the day, you go through labor, you're having a baby. You have something to show for it. When you go through kidney stones, you have nothing to show for it. A stone that nobody wants. So the pain, when you know that the pain is producing something, you, your psyche is different than when you know that the pain, at the end of the day, I have nothing from it. It's just pure pain. It's that, you know, he's drilling in my tooth, but, but my tooth is going to get better. So I always, I said, yeah, you're right. Probably, maybe, maybe giving birth is more painful. She got a baby. What do I got? I got a stone, if I catch it. Like, so, so, I have nothing from it. So, so, what the Haracious is trying to tell us is that the pain in this world, there is something, there is something. From Yusurim, I don't want Yusurim, don't get me wrong, but from Yusurim, there is something. That's why you shouldn't waste it. My, my, I, when I told my Rebbe, he said, whenever you're in pain, he said, don't waste it, do tshuva. And if you're in pain anyway, you're going to be in pain anyway, at least it should be mechap your oven. But if you're going to say, you know, I am pain because I ate fish, I ate sushi, and I didn't eat that sushi, and maybe the sushi wasn't good, and that's why I'm throwing up, and that's why I'm nauseous. Again, it's the same thing with Shabbos, what happened. You're, you're focusing on the detail. Why did you eat that sushi? Why did someone else get that sushi? Why did you end up wanting sushi? It's not the sushi. That's not what's happening here. That's the, the sushi is the shliach to get you sick. But the reason you got sick is maybe you ate something you shouldn't have. Maybe you're not making a bracha. Maybe you're not benching right. Don't let the satan take you from the ikr and focus on the detail. It's because I made the wrong turn. It's because... I went down the road and there was nails on the road. There was construction. And I should have been more careful. No, that's not why it happened. It's not why it happened. There's a reason why it happened. That's the shliach for it to happen. It's not the fire. The fire was the shliach. Nebuch. Fire was the shliach. Don't focus on the fire. That was the shliach. 
But that's not what happened. What happened is we lost seven beautiful kids. Don't focus on the shliach. Focus on the ikr. And I think that that happens a lot. It happens a lot that we just you come out of the shir and you got the red dress. That's not what it's about. Okay, we're going to end with a very fascinating kaviyosha. And kaviyosha says like this. He says, Come and see the greatness and the praise of talking about Therefore, you should be very careful to say the Haggadah slowly and not to say it fast. And and it shouldn't be like carrying a weight. Oh man, when are we going to get finished? I love these guys. They come late to every davening. They miss my Kriyashma. They miss my Tvila. All of a sudden, comes Seder night. We got to eat exactly on a minute. You haven't been on the minute to davening to anything. Because he wants to go to sleep at 11 to by 12.30. All of a sudden, what happened to his man Philip? His man Kriyashma? And all the others, Martin? Downing an hour after Shkia? Chatzais. I'm not telling you you shouldn't keep Chatzais, but you should keep all the others, Martin, too. Okay, so he's saying over here, don't say it fast. And don't make it like you're carrying um, a, a load. It's a same in Atayra. To, to always have in mind the miracles Hashem did for us. Not about Yitzhak Mitzrayim. He says here that when this day comes, Pesach, when you sit by the Seder, you're you have to talk about the good deeds that Hashem did for you that year. Hakar Satov. Therefore, it's a mitzvah on us, the Sipri Yitzhak every single year, every door. The schus of the Seder and the Pesach night, Hashem will spread His wings continuously upon us to save us in all the different places. And in all the different roads. And if you keep Pesach the way you're supposed to, he will do miracles for you. Aval. But. If the Haggadah to you is a weight. And he says it by force. Or he says it lackadaisically. He's not happy. Just, just, just get finished. Enough with the dvatayus. I have a headache. I'm, I'm allergic to the matzah. I was on a diet. Now I have matzah. And I don't like the wine. And it makes me dizzy. A headache. I have an aftertaste from the marah. I hate this whole thing. Let's get out of here. Right? Nebuch. Right? He says, a person like that, who believes Simcha or Kavanah Talev, who's not happy and doesn't have Kavanah, Azai Eino Zoycha. Listen to this. It's very scary. Azai Eino Zoycha Lehaisos Loineiski Juhubim Kamsakana. A person who doesn't keep the Seder with happiness and besimcha, Hashem will not listen to you when you need a miracle, when you're in a place of danger. As I zaycha, you will not be zaycha, for Hashem to do for you a miracle, when you are in a place of danger. 
since you didn't appreciate all the miracles Hashem did till now, He's not going to do a miracle for you. Who wants to be in that position? So it's our job to sit by that Seder and to be happy that Baruch Hashem we're alive and and we can sit by that Seder and the more um, the more that you're Mesaper and you see us Mitzrayim the more you are praised. And he says on the bottom he says on the bottom That the night of Pesach is holy in Shemayim. But if you do a sin on Pesach, the Sigu Avoyna, his Avera will, will chase him. Ki Adaraba. Call Avera. Sha'adam Oysubachaga Pesach. Any Avera that a person does specifically in the Yantab of Pesach, Oise Pigab Godol Yosemi Bishai Yamim. It is a bigger, it is a bigger hurt, a bigger damage to him than any other day of the year. And you have to be careful on those days, more careful than you are a whole year. May this year, you know, we always say, it shouldn't be, it should be this year. I am waiting, I, the, 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 the busiest day the busiest day for a Kayin, a whole year, where we all worked, because we only worked two, two weeks, that's why, you know, my wife once asked me, like, you know, you don't really work that hard, like, how come we don't work hard? I'm like, it's genetic, I hadn't worked two, e- <laughs> we worked two weeks a year, hello, that's it, you know, we didn't work a whole year, we worked two years in the base of Medish, and two weeks, and the rest of the time we were actually Rabbeim, we were the Machanchem, Kohanim were the Machanchem, because that's it, it was two weeks, that's it. So, so the 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 every every Jew had to eat a korban pesach. So I don't know how much it's a lamb. How many people could eat a lamb? I don't know twenty, maybe twenty. So you got to divide all that by twenty. Twenty right. So the most korbanos brought on any day of the year was erev pesach, and it had to all be done, I believe, by chatzos.
You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.